Hello, welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, Stephen White. Hey, Steve, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? Oh, I'm uh, feeling pretty good. It's uh, the sun's out. I mean, I mean, haven't where we are, we haven't seen the sun in a few days, so it's always a little bit. Uh, it's always nice to get your vitamin E, your D, or whatever vitamin it is. Supposedly, levels back up and. You know, hold off seasonal affective disorder as long as we can here. So, uh, yeah, feeling good. It's week, uh, what, week 11? Damn. And uh, we got a bunch of games on, on pretty good ones on tap this week, too. Right. Um, starting tonight, uh, we yeah. have another, at least in theory, <laughs> good <laughs> matchup. You, you would think uh, the Steelers against the Titans. Um, I will say the Steelers kind of looked bad, you know, for most of the game against the Colts. Yeah. But ended up pulling out a victory. But there's something to be said for that, too. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to have to win ugly. You're not always going to put your best effort out there. So at, at the very least, even when you play bad, if you can still get a win, that's all that matters. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, both of these teams tonight are sort of. I mean, I mean, the Steelers are what, seven and two or seven and three? I can't think of. But I mean, they got seven wins. I mean, they're, you know near the top of the AFC standings. But, I mean, I still feel like they're a little underwhelming. You know, they haven't scored 30 points yet this season, which, I mean, isn't the yardstick probably to measure them by. But it's kind of unusual when an offense with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown didn't score and can't score 30 points a game every once in a while. And then the Titans are a little underwhelming too, I feel like. Well, the Titans uh... – their defense, I just don't trust their defense. Yeah. I've been saying that for a few years. It's just kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, some some weeks they look good. Um, most weeks they just look mediocre. Yeah. And so yeah. it could go either way. And then their offense kind of comes and goes with Marcus Mariota. And he's been banged up. Now, he's yeah. looking more like himself now. Last week I thought he had a, a pretty good game. Uh, so uh, they're kind of they're kind of going to rise or fall with Marcus Mariota, quite yeah. honestly. And so uh, because their defense isn't going to shut people out and stuff like that, they're always going to have to possess the football and score when they get in the red zone. So, uh, I mean, that's a team that can win or lose week in, week out, and it's hard to kind of predict Yeah. because you just you, you can't tell when the defense is going to fail them or they won't be able to run the football. And when they can't run the football, their offense isn't nearly as effective. Yeah. So uh, I, I just – and they have to worry about – Marcus Mariota's health. I don't think he's had a season yet where he's played all 16 games. Yeah. So um, I think that on the one hand, you feel like they can beat just about any team in the AFC on any given Sunday, but they could just about lose to any team except for maybe the Browns <laughs> any given Sunday. <laughs> just you just you just don't know. So yeah, um, there'll be an interesting team heading into the playoffs. This will be a good game for them to kind of show that they are for real. But a lot of these teams that, you know, we kind of went into the season having high expectations for haven't come through. Them, no. remember we were talking so much about the Raiders? Yeah. And so uh, they're running out of opportunities to prove they're for real. Tonight would be a great step in the right direction for them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They've won four straight, but I was just looking at the schedule. Their opponents have been the Colts, the Browns, overtime with the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> the Ravens and the Bengals. So it's not AFC. The AFC in general is just kind of like a little underwhelming altogether. 
Yeah, it's pretty black. <laughs> but this could, like you say, this I think this will be a good game. I mean, it's a you know it's got set up. It's Corey Davis is back. This will be his second game back. You know, the rookie receiver first first receiver taken in the draft. And that's something I think they've been missing for a while. But, uh, you know, the Steelers have been uh, – I guess it's kind of funny. You've got two – got the Smurf uniforms for the Titans. And you had Roethlisberger talking about Thursday night, the latest player to talk about negatively about Thursday night football. Understandably so after last week's fucking disaster. Right. You lose Richard Sherman last week. And Richard Sherman, of course, had long been – uh, a, a big time critic of Thursday night football. And it's like, it deprives you of seeing the best that the team can give you. Yeah. You know, uh, because it, it seems like every week, right around this time of the season, just about every week you lose somebody. Yeah. Right. And, and you get lulled into a, a sense of, of, of security because the first few weeks when guys are still pretty fresh, there aren't as many injuries, or at least it seems that way. Yeah. But once you get past that midway point of the season and guys are already beat down and you got to turn around and play again on Thursday night, you start seeing these kind of injuries. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I'm not sure how uh, Seattle is going to replace Richard Sherman. Obviously, there's not a guy. I, I know they <laughs> – I think they signed Byron Maxwell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if he's got a way back machine, maybe that'll be <laughs> – uh, the answer, but but just nobody throw out there is going to be Richard Sherman, and that's going to hurt Seattle's chances the rest of the year. Yeah, and it, when you get to a war of attrition, you shouldn't make it worse by all of a sudden making guys play on Thursday. Yeah, after a Sunday game, I, I'm just telling you, man. When I used to play, you played the game on Sunday. Thursday might be at this point in the season. Thursday might be the first day you actually start to feel okay. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's kind of like Monday and Tuesday, you can barely roll out of bed without, you know, ouch. Oh, ah, you know, <laughs> and, and you just you, you work from there. And then Wednesday, you have your heavy practice. That's usually the day you hit on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You're still kind of working the kinks out. And Thursday is just when you finally start feeling OK, but you're still not fresh. Friday and Saturday is when you usually get your legs back under you. So you got a guy out there playing at a high level when his body couldn't possibly have recovered from just a few days before. Yeah. This, this isn't rocket science, right? Yeah. This is pretty much common sense. You know that this isn't bad. Uh, this is bad for the body. You know this is uh, upping the chances of a guy being hurt because his muscles are fatigued. Yeah. Because he's fatigued. Maybe he's mentally fatigued too, and and, and it causes him to react a little bit slower. So mm-hmm. it's just, it, it, I, you know, every time you bring up Thursday night football, then they want to trade it off for something worse. Like, well, let's add a couple weeks to the season. Or yeah. let's cut. I, it, listen, man, <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard. For a long time, we didn't have Thursday night football. And everything was okay. Yeah. And, and when you look at the, 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 the uh, ratings and stuff going down, maybe it's because of an oversaturation of NFL football. Maybe we never really needed an extra day of NFL football. It's okay. There's college games on every Thursday just about. <laughs> yeah. I promise you'll find a way to be entertained if you just move that game back to Sunday. It, it, it boggles my mind that some people act like you just couldn't possibly do away with the Thursday night yeah. games. 
And I think it's, they want to make it seem impossible because they know if people know it's possible, they'll start asking, well, why have we done it already? Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, like, you don't have to go back all that far to to remember a time where you could enjoy football on Sundays and the game on Monday night and you didn't have a Thursday night game. And I think, you know, there's even to that argument, and there's something to this, I'll say it. There's something to that whole oversaturation argument, too. I mean, when you have football on Thursday night, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday night, I mean, it gets to be a little much, too, you know? Well, you look at it like this. um, I'm I'm looking at it from this standpoint. Uh, On Sundays, let's say most people tune in on Sundays to watch their team play, right? So you watch their network game. And then there's a game usually that comes on after that in the 4 o'clock game. Yeah. So you just like, okay, you know, these are two teams that I don't care about at all, but I'll go ahead and watch this game too. And then there's a game on Sunday night. Like, ah, let's just make it a whole day of football. Yeah. And then Monday night is kind of like that night of prestige. But if you aren't a Titans fan or a Steelers fan, why would you care about watching this game on Thursday night? Yeah. Does it really matter that much? Maybe it's playoff implications. But you know what? You can find it by checking your NFL.com yeah. on your phone. You don't have to actually watch it to know whether it helps your team's playoff chances or not. And so it is something to the oversaturation uh, 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 argument, argument because it's hard to get people to watch on Thursday. If you put this game on Sunday, then maybe they, uh, again, maybe it's like, well, we're going to make it a Sunday of football anyway. Yeah. And so we're going to watch this game too. Yeah. But what compels people to watch on Thursday night football, especially when you get to this part of the season almost every year and the games start being blowouts? Yeah. They just start or just start being boring. Yeah. Which is the worst thing you can possibly be yeah. in this day and age. People need stuff that's going to grab their attention. If you're just, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust and both of y'all suck and, and maybe you're, you're starting backup quarterbacks, I mean, it's hard to get people to watch something like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's something. And two, you know, your point about looking at it on your phone and stuff. I mean, I think to some extent, like, you know, you can flip back and forth with red zone. But if your team's already played, too, it's like you don't even need to go with red zone because you can just find that, you know, oh, hey, I've got him on my fantasy team and he scored a 94 yard touchdown. I'm going to check it out on the on the highlights on the ESPN box score, the NFL.com box score. I don't even need to watch red zone for all that stuff anymore. Right. I, it, you can watch your Twitter feed. And yeah. See the little highlights. Yep. Going up and down your feed or Facebook sometimes. It'll yeah. probably be a couple of days before you get to Facebook. But, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's different. But, yeah, I, it's just if you want people to watch, give them something good to watch. It means fixing the product and make sure there's a compelling reason for them to watch. Yeah. So it, 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 if if you know that this is hard on the body. It, 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 it's almost impossible for a guy to play 100% four days after they just played 100% yeah. uh, for 60 minutes. It is it, almost impossible. So it, why justify continuing to do this over and over again when every year guys get hurt on Thursday night yeah. football? Most of the players hate Thursday night football. Yeah. It, just, it, it, it just beats you down in, in a way that, that's not even really safe. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, every time I think about these guys playing on Thursday night football, I just think about how I felt on Thursday. I'm finally starting, starting to get my legs under. Yeah, but but not really. I mean, Friday was the day. Friday was the day. That's usually a day when you have injured players and, and you can kind of determine whether they're going to 
be able to play or not. And yeah. that Friday practice that's in shorts and jerseys. And, and, and I don't know how they do it. I really don't. <laughs> it's because amazing. It's just like your body hasn't recuperated yet. There's yeah. no way it could. I don't care about these hyperbaric chambers and all that stuff. <laughs> Cold therapy. <laughs> they got all kind of great new you know, rehab stuff like that. But I just, I don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I, you know, I, I'll say one more thing about Thursday night football and I've, cause I've seen it kind of take off this week just because we got Thanksgiving coming on thing and three Thanksgiving games coming up this time next week. But, um, it's some of the hot, so it's been just sort of, I mean, I probably shouldn't even respond to it in the beginning to begin with. Cause it's just kind of from the hot take quarters of the internet, but like, I mean, I don't like Thanksgiving games. I understand to me that is a separate thing. You can't conflate that with regular Thursday night football, Thursday night football, 16 other weeks out of the year, as opposed to one week out of the year for sort of a special day holiday kind of thing. And you could conceivably could schedule around that a little bit. But I, I just that pissed me off when I saw some people conflating those two this week. I mean, <laughs> Look, the, the truth of the matter is, it probably is bad for those teams on, thir- on, on, oh, yeah. on Thanksgiving Day too. But like you said, you only got so many teams that will participate in yeah. that, right? And I bet you, if you looked at those games, you lost plenty of players in those games too. Yeah, and probably a lot of them suck. Why? Because both of the teams were tired. Yeah, and so uh, I mean. Most of the time, when I think about Thanksgiving games, I think about blowouts. Yeah, because guys weren't weren't recuperated. Yeah, and I bet you, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of those players didn't want to play back then either. Yeah, they just, yeah, I mean, it's a tradition. So okay, so what? Yeah, yeah, it's you uh... don't have to keep doing stuff just because you always did it. Yeah, I promise. Yeah. No, and like you didn't even used to have three. I mean, there are three games on Thanksgiving now. It used to be two, you know? Right. I mean, really, how many of those games are actually entertaining except for the people who are fans of the teams that win? Yeah. Like, it's exactly. a great Thanksgiving because you didn't talk trash all throughout Thanksgiving dinner about who team's going to win. Yeah. And then your team wins. That's a great day for you. Yeah. Most people are like, man, this is on. Yeah. So I'm going to keep watching it, but these games suck. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, we got we got the Giants playing on Thursday night this Thanksgiving. Who who wouldn't want to tune in for the Giants? Right, I'm sure everybody's going <laughs> to sit their DVR today. Can't miss football. <laughs> Must see TV. Must see. Um. So, I guess the uh, you know the big game this week, the one that I I mean, there's a, there's a few games on the calendar this week that look pretty good, but like the one that I I'm coming back to. Um, well, I guess there's a couple of them, but the, the Vikings Rams game looks like, looks like it could be pretty entertaining. And there's a little bit of a backdrop. There's a couple of stories on the the background with this because, uh, you've got the Vikings decided this week that they were going to stay with Case Keenum, which I guess to me, even though Teddy Bridgewater is healthy, I guess to me, is not a huge surprise. I mean, Keenum hasn't been, you know, he certainly hasn't done any. He was playing really well for three quarters last week against Washington, but he hadn't really done anything to like not be playing. And it's also probably smart not just to throw Teddy Bridgewater into the fire. I honestly, I wonder if Teddy Bridgewater would even be active if Sam Bradford were still healthy. But 
But I think that's been an interesting conversation this week about the Vikings quarterback situation. Well, I think Keenum has kind of earned the right to keep starting. Yeah. Uh, especially as long as they keep winning. It's only going to get interesting if they start losing. Yeah. And of course, at some point they will. Yeah. And especially if they lose and he doesn't play well. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that Keenum is setting the world on fire, but he's been efficient with the football. Yeah. Uh, and they, like I said, they've been able to uh, win. Uh, if he'd have played poorly last week, I, I think they would have went ahead and thrown uh, Teddy back out there. But I'm like you. Uh, I kind of like to see Teddy be able to make it through this whole season. I don't know if it's the best thing for his uh, financial career or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of like to see, see, let him go through this whole season without having to take a snap just so he has more time to actually trust his knee. Yeah. I always say uh, everybody talks about how guys are coming back faster from uh, – knee surgery, ACL surgery, stuff of that nature. Obviously, it was way more intense than that for Teddy. But the thing I always say is, yeah, but that first year back, they don't normally look like themselves. They're, you know, mm-hmm. once one or two guys might, I think it was Adrian Peterson everybody used to talk about yeah, coming back and looking like the mm-hmm. same person. But most guys, it's not until that second year yeah, post-ACL surgery when they actually look like themselves because they finally trust that the knee won't give out again. Yeah. And so, uh, having gone through all that, man, and, and just, you know, he doesn't have any kind of preseason to get accustomed to contact again. Yeah. And guys falling all around his knees again. So, just, I'd rather him be able to have a full uh, preseason and, and training camp to kind of get used to that kind of stuff again before you just throw him out there. Yeah. Obviously, if the Vikings feel like he's going to help them when playoff games, they may may make a different kind of calculation. But for me, I, I really rather he stay on the bench the rest of this this season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's because, like you say, that wasn't just any old ACL tear. I mean, you know, there was talk that he might lose his leg for a while there. It was just that was I me mean, had to be helicoptered off the practice field when that injury happened, and that's that's more than your typical knee. You know, not that any ACL tear is pretty fucking serious, but that's a little bit above and beyond even. But they've got a good team. I mean, I, I, you know, like I'll have to say their defense has been, I mean, they've always had the guys, you know, on that defense going back to last season, but it's, it's been uh, a much better group even than it was last year too. Yeah, I think they're all, playing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have the defensive end. I uh, can't remember his name. Uh, 97. They didn't have him last week. And I think, you know, they still play pretty well. So yeah. uh, they showed that they can kind of weather even some injuries to some of their top-line guys. That defense is just playing well right now um, all across the board. And, and they're helping – the offense. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I don't think that uh, you can say Keenum is kind of leading to some of these wins, really, but he's doing enough for them to win, and the defense is helping him to not have to, you know, step out of himself too much. Yeah. Yeah, and, and fixing those offensive line fixes they made in the offseason, too. Can't probably can't say enough about those, considering how bad that was last year there. 
Yeah, last last year was comically bad <laughs> I mean... up front. So uh, yeah, that definitely helped uh, a lot. <laughs> I mean, you just, it, it, quietly, Mike Zimmer has just done a hell of a job coaching this year mm-hmm. to get them to seven and two. Because look, we were we were kind of on the fence about if they would be successful with uh, Sam Bradford starting. Yeah. Then he has the knee problems out of the blue, uh, and you have to turn to Case Keenum. Yeah. And I don't think anybody could have foreseen Keenum playing this well, and he's found a way to get them to 7-2. Yeah. So if you're looking at a coach of the year candidate, he has to be in that conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. And now this week they'll get it. I mean, this is a pretty stiff test this week because the Rams are healthy. I mean, I think last week was uh, you know, you, Josh Norman had issues. The Rams are fully healthy this week, so that'll be a tough test. And Jared Goff versus Case Keenum, the battle of Jeff Fisher's misfit quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fortunately for Jared Goff, he won't have Aaron Donald chasing after him. Though. Yeah, so exactly. give the advantage on that one to uh, Jared Goff. Uh, th- don't get me wrong, the Vikings definitely get out to the quarterback. But Aaron Donald, man, that dude just is almost unblockable. You cannot single block him. Yeah. I just, I've seen very few and far between a guy single block him, unless it was a quick pass or something like that. But yeah. if you're gonna drop back pass, you had better double team that guy pretty much every play. And so he he's just kind of playing out of his mind right now. He doesn't have the big sack numbers, just because everybody knows he's coming. So they're trying to get the ball out of their hand. <laughs> As fast as hell, you know. I mean, I'm seeing this dude just get back there immediately, and the quarterback's just like, pew, and then get it out of my hand. <laughs> Ain't my problem no more. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that Vikings offensive line holds up against him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty stiff test because, I mean, you know, and with Donald, it makes all those other guys like, you know, Matt Longacare, who, of course, every, like just like everyone predicted would have four sacks this season. Connor Barwin's got four sacks. I mean, Brockers has sacks. It's, at, you know, working mostly from the nose spot, it seems like. But it's just, you know, that a guy like Donald, it miss, it, how much, it, what a difference it makes on a, on a defensive line like that. Did you pick the Rams this week? I couldn't remember who. I, I think I, I no no I I think I didn't actually it's I in think Minnesota. I Minnesota right I think that's why I picked Minnesota yeah I think that I was looking back I did pick the Rams I can't I'm, I may have to I may have to think about that <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking that you know they're, they're coming from west to east yeah and issue, um an issue and, and they're pretty you know they're two pretty evenly matched teams I think yeah yeah. So, uh, I just feel like I'm giving them basically the home court advantage. So yeah, it's hard. This it's 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 a it's new territory for me to sort of be able to pick the Rams with any confidence this year. That's not a it's not a feeling <laughs> I'm used to. <laughs> right, and totally understandable. So. <laughs> I mean, like there, you know, there again, another kind of factor in this matchup is another coach, you know, potential coach of the year guy with the uh, Sean McVay with the Rams. I mean, obviously, some of the offseason moves they made had a huge have had a huge impact. Andrew Whitworth, to say the least, is, you know, bringing him in at left tackles made all the difference in the world. And you, especially when you look at how shitty the Bengals line has been without him this year. But uh, 
you know, that's a heck of a coaching job too going on right now. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And, and once again, the, very few people, myself included, saw golf being able to have this kind of year. Yeah. Um, and maybe we were all a little bit too uh, quick to kind of criticize the kid, but he just did. He didn't look like this last year. No. At all. And, and and it didn't look like it was just the system or just the coaching. But evidently, Jeff Fisher is such a shitty coach <laughs> that he can just make a guy look like he doesn't have any confidence in the world. Oh, yeah. And, and, and this year, Jerry Goff, for better or for worse sometimes, it, he just has confidence in himself now. You can see that. Yeah. He feels like he's in control. He he goes through his regressions. And he's in, he's in the flow of the game. Yeah. And, and last year, it just seems like Everything was too fast for him. Everything. Yeah. And, and and even when he he wasn't rushed or whatever, it just seems like he couldn't make the throws that that we all thought he could make uh, coming out of college. Yeah. So, uh, man, it's just been night and day, <laughs> and he has been a big reason why uh, they've been so successful because I think they still have uh, the highest scoring offense in the league. If they don't, you know, there's probably the top three at least. Mm -hmm. But for weeks, they were the top scoring offense in the league. And, man, just think, they're giving these leads to Aaron Donald. Uh, Listen, you can't – as a defensive lineman, man, you live for the games where your team (laughs) gets up 14 points because now you know they have to throw the football. Yeah. Fuck that draw. (laughs) They run the draw, so be it. They better run it all the way down there. But, I mean, we are rushing the passer. Fuck that shit. So, I mean, just it goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. If, they, if they were struggling to score right now, if they were – if the Jared Goff from last year was still playing quarterback and turning the football over and stuff of that nature, there's no doubt they wouldn't, as a team, be nearly as successful. Yeah. So he his production and his maturation, quick maturation, I, I would add – it's helping the defense as well. Yeah. So, it, it, like I said, it goes hand in hand. And like you said, the biggest difference is the coach. Yeah. So, uh, you're absolutely right. He does deserve coach of the year uh, uh, consideration so far. How they finish the year will probably tell the tale about who ends up getting that award, mm-hmm. which teams kind of fade away and which teams continue to play strong. I'm telling you, man, last week the Rams looked good. Oh, yeah. I'm watching them, and I'm just like, man, this team looks like it's built for the playoffs. Yeah. So we'll see uh, if they can continue to play that way. But for right now, I feel like they're definitely legit. It's hard to believe in them. I'm sure <laughs> nobody's having a harder time believing in them than you. <laughs> you know, you've been through this. Right? But, but I'm just telling you, they, they look absolutely legit to me. And, again, I mean, they're 7-2 as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's just this is weird. This is just like I can't even in all my year, and it's been so damn long since I've seen a good Rams team and all the other crap that I've had to go had gone through as a fan. You know, I thought I was kind of, I thought I was done. I thought maybe I would be able to come back on you know like one of the, you know, you go to church on Easter and Christmas kind of thing <laughs> situations with them. <laughs> Whoo! I don't know. It's gonna be weird. I tell you what, I am looking forward to though. It's I I think this is the January where. We'll get uh, Jeff Fisher and his agent getting his name out there in some of those coaching rumors. I can't wait. And somebody's going to listen. Oh, Watch. yeah. I guarantee Somebody's going to listen. 
it's the craziest thing about this is we can laugh about it, but Jeff Fisher, if he wants to work again in the NFL, will probably get another job. It doesn't I even am. matter. It doesn't even <laughs> matter that the next guy took almost the same pieces, yeah, right, and got to seventy-two. He's already. <laughs> I mean, if he didn't win another game, he'd at least be as good as 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 Jeff Fisher. He's already at seventy-two. He's already won seventy-seven games. So I mean. And people still won't care. People still blame everybody, but Jeff Fisher, oh, yeah. when the common denominator here was Jeff Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Man, your, your head's got to be swimming right now. You've got to talk about some coaching rumors. you got the John Gruden rumors in Tennessee, for Tennessee and Tampa Bay already. Seems early for John Gruden rumors. Listen, man, that dude has the greatest agent on earth. I can't wait. I cannot wait till they announce his new contract with ESPN. He probably gonna have stock in the company, oh, right? Yeah. They might name him like VP of, of sports <laughs> directing or something because that's all this every oh, yeah. fucking year. Every fucking year, this happens. Yeah, every year. Well, there's rumors that John Gruden is, is actually interested this time, <laughs> yeah. and this time, and this time. Actually, Every it's the same fucking story. Look, I will be you will be able to knock me over with a feather <laughs> if he coaches again this year. You know, I, it could happen. I would think he's crazy if it does. I don't actually want him to coach either of those teams. He's had his chance in Tampa. We yeah. saw how it went after that first year. Yeah. Okay, and 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 what's what's the one thing, the one knock, the one universal knock that we can all agree upon about John Gruden in his head coaching career? He could not develop a young quarterback. Yeah, that's what you're gonna have to do in college football. Yeah, you're gonna have to find a way to develop young quarterbacks, or you're never gonna be any good. You can't get a free agent. Yeah, right. A ten-year <laughs> and so I don't want him near any of my teams. If they hire him, so be it. But for me, I'm just waiting to hear how much he's about to get from ESPN because they getting the Brinks truck ready. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're gonna have to. Uh, is happy where he's at. <laughs> he's proud to be a, a part of the Monday Night Football family. Da 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 da. I can already hear it now. <laughs> Every year like clockwork, man. Every damn year just like clockwork. <laughs> Never ceases to amaze me. Hey, you know a team that's uh, last week. Now, if you would have told me that the Saints are going to go to Buffalo, they're going to score 47 points, six rushing touchdowns, and Drew Brees isn't going isn't to have a single touchdown pass to his name coming out of that game. I would have said, hell no. There's no way that's possible. Brees didn't even, wasn't going to pass for even 200 yards. No way is that possible. But sure enough, here we are. And the Saints, like I know we've talked about this before too, but just here we are, the Saints looking like a pretty damn good team coming down the stretch in the NFC here. So I didn't pick the Saints last week, right? Uh-huh. Because I'm used to the old Saints. I'm kind of like you with the Rams. I, when a, <laughs> a team kind of makes an impression on you, you, it's hard to get away from that. Yeah. And my biggest thing was 
I'm thinking about the old Saints, and the old Saints might have a problem in the elements. Yeah. Because you're trying to throw the football a lot. It's harder to throw outside in Buffalo in November normally. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I know that they've been running the football. I know that they got these two really good running backs. I know that Alvin Kamara has been dynamic. But my brain won't let me access that <laughs> at the point where I'm making the pick last week. I'm thinking, it's outside. There's no way. Right? Yeah. And then I'm like, yep, there's a way. When they just say, we're going to run the football down your damn throat until you stop it. And the Buffalo Bills did not have an answer. <laughs> so, I mean, but here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I don't think that's a one-week thing. No. I mean, ever since they, let's be honest, ever since they got rid of Adrian Peterson, Alvin Kamara has blossomed. Yeah. And uh, uh, the other running back, I can't remember. My, uh, Ingram. Mark Ingram has been consistently good. Yeah. And they will wear your ass out now. The offensive line is blocking well as well. Mm-hmm. And they can just come downhill and line up and punch you in the mouth and run right at you. Yeah. And these these guys, man, Ingram and, and Kamara, they're, they're getting 10, 15 yards a pop. They, they ain't just getting three yards in a crowd of dust. In a cloud of dust. So, uh, I mean, this team, look, they're kind of made for the playoffs now. Yeah. Right? It, it, we always talk about how much you know, Drew, Drew Brees has to have on his shoulders for them to win. Well, now they got these two dynamic running backs. And even when they're not running the football, they're catching the football out of the backfield and making stuff happen. Yeah. Those are usually easy throws. The defense is playing well, so now you don't have to score 40 every game, but you have the ability to because they keep stopping other teams and giving you the ball back again. Yeah. And so now Drew Brees only has to make, you know, maybe five tough throws a game. Has to, right, in order for them to win. So you're trying to tell me that Drew Brees, who still can throw the hell out the football, they don't have to rely on him anymore. Yeah. They only have to score, you know, 24, 30 points a game to win. They don't have to score 40 every week. Yeah. Man, listen, that is a team you should be scared of. That is a team you do not want to see your team having to play in the playoffs. Uh-uh. I promise you. And, and I know that the Panthers are looking good now, and maybe they will overtake the Saints. But I'm just telling you right now, if I got a pick – I'm going with the Saints right now. Yeah. Because normally I would I would be worried about them playing in Carolina. They're going to run the football regardless. Yeah. They embarrassed the Bucks not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Right? But we just – it was the Bucks defense. <laughs> well, I mean, Buffalo has a pretty good defense. Yeah. They – man, listen. I uh, 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 can't remember who it was. I think it was four verts on Twitter. Uh, or, I can't remember. But anyway, they have a, a, it's not a gift, but like a long video of like 24 runs in a row, 17 runs in a row, some crazy shit. The Saints ran the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like all these times in a row, right? And I'm looking at it, it's the, it's the end zone shot, so I get to see who actually fucked up. Man, listen, the, the Saints were motioning and stuff. And that had Buffalo running all over the place. They couldn't figure out. And I'm sure they were more worried, hey, we, th- we're going to mess up one of these shifts 
and Drew Brees is going to throw the football. So they yeah. all looking around trying to figure out who to match up with. Bam. Now here they run the football. You out of position. Then they could not. They could not find a defensive end to stay in the C gap to save their life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they kept on. They would run the ball away from the tight end and then cut it back. And that defensive end who's supposed to be in the C gap kept getting cut off. And yeah. so it was big play after big play, just running down it. It wasn't, I mean, it was, it was, I'm sure a couple of those times it was one or two yard games, but most of the time it was five yards, seven yards, 15 yards, 20 yards, and they just ripping them. And this is a good defense now. Yeah. So I'm just telling you, look, I'm not saying they're going to be that effective every week, but I don't see anywhere that they would go at near the end of this season where I'd be like, I'm worried about the elements with them. If anything, you might want it to be nice outside so they don't run the football at you every play. Because you might get your ass embarrassed just like the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. You might want it to be nice and sunny so uh, 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 you know, Peyton and Drew Brees decide we're going to throw the football a little bit this week. Because if they keep running the football like that, I'm just telling you, that was a quality defense they did that against. Yeah. Okay, if there's other defenses they'll be able to do that against too. Maybe yours. So I'm just saying, like, this Saints team, man, they are fucking dangerous. Yeah. I would not want my team to have to play them in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, shit. They beat, the, they beat the Bills so bad. The Bills decided, I think, again this week they were tanking again. <laughs> I mean, listen. Now, that's the funniest part of this whole thing is – the defense can't stop the run, so they bench the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, amazing. <laughs> what? Are you fucking what? Like, did, did anybody get benched on defense? Did anybody even say, "Well, we at least gonna split time with them, give somebody else a chance"? I, I, I missed. I must have missed that press conference <laughs> or announcement. Mind you, they just traded away a guy that could have helped them, Marcel Darius. They said they didn't need him. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it's all their fault for trading Marcel Darius, but it damn sure didn't help on Sunday. Yeah. So, look, it is curious to me that a defensive-minded coach who they, they, they hired as their head coach decides to bench the starting quarterback on a week where his defense got embarrassed. That's just very interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I mean, you know, they never were very supportive of Taylor, even going back into the start of the season. You know, I mean, they had all that. They finally restructured his contract. But before they did that, there were, you know, we had a month of like, they're probably they're going to they're going to get rid of him. They're going to get rid of him. They're going to get rid of him. And then they, you know, there's nobody else out there for him. And then they keep him. So it's just. I mean, I'm sure you know, you've got. Half, almost half a season still left to give Peterman a look, but I mean, I you know, we'll see how that goes. I can't imagine this kid's going to do all that <laughs> any better than Tyrod Taylor at the very least. So what's infuriating is they trade for Kelvin Benjamin, yeah, but they only give uh, Tyrod Taylor one week to play with him, and yeah. and that's just. Especially Yo. after they they either let them walk or they traded away all of his wide receivers from last year. Yeah, all of them. 
a year when he played well, when everybody advocated and said, okay, this guy could be the future of Buffalo. Yeah. You get rid of everybody that he's comfortable throwing the football to. Yeah. And then you bring in receivers that are totally different from them, right? You, you get Jordan Matthews, who couldn't be more different from uh, Woods and, and, and uh, uh, Sammy. Yeah. Then you bring in Kelvin Benjamin. Well, there ain't many wide receivers like Kelvin Benjamin in the league. Yeah. But you go from fast guys to a little bit slower guys, big guys, and, and you change the offense. And, and how is that? I don't see how it's giving a guy a fair shake when you finally trade for a number one wide receiver, a true number one like Kelvin Benjamin, and you only give him one week to 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 to, to hook up with him. Yeah. Especially on a week where your defense gets worn out by the opposing offense. And it's not like Buffalo had all these opportunities for Tyron to play well on Sunday. Yeah. Right. It, it just, it, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that a guy would lose his job in those circumstances, in that situation, when you, you almost going out of your way to make things harder for him this season. Yeah. I mean, just think about it. You can't, I can't, uh, I've tried to think of a quarterback who they pretty much just totally flipped his wide receiver core in a year. Yeah. Right. It, it, not even a year. It, it hasn't been a year because he had uh, 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 Sam and Woods all the last season. Mm-hmm. So, and you just changed it again. You just got Kelvin Benjamin, who's a new guy he has to learn to throw to. Yeah. I'm just, I can't think of a time that's ever happened to any starting quarterback. Yeah. Let alone a guy who could have been your future, could have been the answer for you in Buffalo. And then you say, well, <laughs> well, we've seen enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. And and I, I now, look, I, I don't wish anything bad on, on Peterman, but when you watch film, ain't nobody over. No. I'm just telling you, you watch the film. There ain't a bunch of guys that tire out there. Oh, he missed this guy. No. There ain't nobody open. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how Peter uh, uh, Peterman is going to do any better than Tyrod Taylor. And I'm pretty sure he's probably going to do worse. But but this is a team that's 5-4 and four right now. And 5-4 and four this year ain't bad. No. Because it's, it's so watered down in the league. Yeah. So you're five and four, and you still have a chance for the playoffs, and you make this move after your defense shits the bed. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> you won't be able to explain it to me. You know, good, uh, uh, more power to Nathan Peterman. You know, hopefully he does, you know, play well or whatever. But it doesn't look like it's gonna happen. I'd be very shocked if it did. No, I don't so see you're how. Gonna piss away, you're gonna piss away a chance to go to the playoffs for what? <laughs> You're gonna piss away an opportunity for a guy who could be your future in, in, in Buffalo to get more accustomed to a guy like Kelvin Benjamin. For what? Yeah, I don't get it. I, I, I'm really, I don't understand. Maybe if he benched the whole starting defensive line or something too, then I get it. Yeah, but you just got embarrassed, him fucking embarrassed on defense, and I ain't hear about anybody getting benched. <laughs> no, not at all. It's just you know, it's. 
I, I, you know, I ran through when that news broke yesterday morning. I went through every like I just could not for the life of me. It's just like this is just there's no justification for this. It's, it's incredibly dumb. Some I saw some Bills fans were joking on Twitter about like, oh, I guess Rex Ryan's coaching again. <laughs> oh man, I feel for you, and, Bills fans. And didn't uh, the head coach just the other day? So you could tell Tyrod Taylor that he's a starting quarterback? Yeah, he, just he said that? that but not even 48 hours before they benched him. Right, I mean, it's, it's bullshit. Yeah. And, and, and if you look long-term, it doesn't make any sense because you know what? Peterman probably needs to ride the bench this whole year and learn from watching. Yeah. If you put him out there too early, just like we've seen with plenty of other quarterbacks, yeah. you might ruin him. Yeah. So now not only are you probably pissing away your playoff chances – you're also probably going to end up ruining another quarterback too. Cause, cause my bet is Peterman is not ready. Yeah. He isn't ready, especially when it, like I say, it, it'd be a, a different thing. If you had all these guys running open and the quarterback just couldn't get the ball to him. Yeah. You watch that film, man. And you, if you're going to make those throws, they're going to have to be pinpoint throws. Yeah. Okay. So if you think Peterman can do that, uh, without having had any experience up to now, okay, we'll see. We'll we'll see how that works out for you. Yeah. <laughs> it just. Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. But what a just. I mean, what an embarrassing moment for the Bills. Speaking of embarrassing, uh, woo, boy, the Cowboys got embarrassed last week. I know they didn't have Ezekiel Elliott, but. Uh, they seem to be a lot worse off for not having, as you pointed out in Haas of the Week, Tyrone Smith. It doesn't seem like it's going to get any better this week against the Eagles. Well, it could get it could get better. It could get better if they start chipping and helping out with the left tackle. Yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of absurd, right, yeah. that they left Chaz Green out there on the island for as long as they did. And then they bring in the backup, uh, uh, Bell, and they leave him on the island. Guess what happens? Yeah. He gives up a sack too. So um, it, it was just kind of absurd that the Cowboys never really adjusted. Even when they offset a, a, a running back to Adrian Claiborne's side, they weren't chipping. Yeah. So I, I thought that was very interesting uh, watching the film. But I don't want to take anything away from what Adrian Claiborne did too. I think he had a really good pass rush plan yeah. on Chaz Green. I, I don't think every or just any uh, pass rusher could have done that to him the same way. So it'd be interesting to see if Green looks any better or develops any better this week uh, against a different guy, yeah. against a different kind of rusher. But I, I mean, it, it, Tyron Smith, it shouldn't be that big of a drop off to your backup. Um, and maybe that was the problem. Maybe the Cowboys just assumed, well, Chaz Green isn't Tyron Smith, but we can still run the same kind of protections and the same kind of plays with him. Yeah. And that is absolutely not the fucking case, right? <laughs> You're going to have to adjust your playbook. You're going to have to uh, quicken things up. You're going to have to have fewer guys out in routes, or you're going to get Dak Prescott killed. Yeah. And, and so, I, I mean, when, when you got a guy sitting on your back, piggybacking you, you barely even gotten into your drop back. That's a problem. Yeah. And, and and you cannot, you can't win that way. You can't win with, with letting one guy totally kill your whole offensive game plan. Yeah. You just can't. 
I mean, you look at all those, uh, the thing that, that kind of was shocking to me and was eye opening to me was how many of those sacks came on uh, the Falcon side of the 50 yard line. Several of them came inside the red zone. So you're talking about, um, at least in a couple of cases, sacks that end up taking points off the board. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, at the end of the half, for instance, uh, they're across the 50. They get maybe 10 more yards in field goal range. They're, they're only down a field goal at the time, right before the half. Yeah. The Cowboys I'm talking about. And then Adrian Claiborne snatches the football away from Dak Prescott. So what if those plays didn't happen? Is, is the point I'm trying to make. If they could have blocked Adrian Claiborne at all on Sunday, they would have been able to put points on the board. Mm-hmm. Maybe it still wouldn't have been enough, but – but it, it, it's just one of those situations. Normally, you just can't blame one guy. In this situation, you can blame one guy. <laughs> Fucking, well, two if you count uh, Bell. But by the time Bell got in the game, the game was over. Yeah. But literally, Chaz Green, or I won't say one guy, Chaz Green and uh, the offensive coaching staff, whoever came up with the blocking protections and didn't adjust them, at least at halftime, <laughs> they fucked that game off. They really yeah. did. They, they, they just... They they allowed one guy to destroy them, to destroy their game plan. There was another sack. Uh, 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 Adrian Claiborne got on first down, but but it, they had the ball like already in field goal range, and, and then <laughs> then he sacks them, uh, so they don't get the opportunity to try to score for a touchdown. And then when they tried to kick the field goal, they missed the field goal too. Yeah. So it's Doink. just like I said. You're right, doing it, and so it's like, okay, I think the Cowboys will be okay because obviously they were moving the football mm-hmm. up to those points. But if they haven't figured out that you're gonna have to have to help Chaz Green or Bell or whoever you put in there, you're gonna see the same shit every week. Yeah, that Prescott is just shit. I don't know of any quarterback that can be successful that way. These weren't coverage sacks. I mean, these were pretty much, like I said, you get back in your drop back and you barely end your drop back and boom, dudes on the, you're like, why is this guy on my back right now? I didn't say nobody could have a pickback ride. What the fuck? I was going to say some of those sacks, dude. It's just like, I mean, some of those sacks look like something out of the cage match. I mean, I know Dak Prescott had me thinking, what the fuck some of those times? <laughs> like it happened so fast. I'm sure he was like, there's no way you got beat that fast. There's no fucking way. Yeah, what the hell? I mean, I'm surprised he didn't want to fight Chaz Green, for real. Because it's like, they were moving the ball, moving the ball, moving the ball, boom. Just bam. Just, yeah. what, somebody's in my back again? Just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if, the, if, if we gave out style points, man, Adrian Claiborne's game Sunday would have had some style, major style points given out for that. Because, like, I mean, that one sack where they, he's like, looks like he's washed out of the play and he runs back and drags him down. It's just like, it was incredible stuff. Yeah, he, he really got after it. He really got after <laughs> it. And, and, and I know some people think he just used one move, but he didn't. I mean, he used more than just a cross yeah. shot. He used yeah. a bull rush. He used a, a, a a rip, just a straight rip one time. He should have had seven sacks, really. Yeah. He had, uh, Dak Prescott one time was getting held, and, and Dak ran up out of his tackle and, and gained 12 yards. So, really, he didn't get anything for that. He didn't even get, like, a, a pressure or anything. But 
he had him in his grasp. He he could have gotten seven sacks. That's yeah. how bad he he was be. I mean, you think six sacks is bad, but then you watch the film and it was even worse than that. <laughs> I, I'm serious. And, and Adrian Claiborne didn't even start the game. Yeah. So yeah, it, it could get ugly if they haven't figured that out. I would have <laughs> thought they they, they would have figured that out at halftime. Like, yeah, we need to get this guy some more help. <laughs> and then on fairness, one play, they did try to give him some help with the left guard. But I mean, Chaz Green just at that point he was discombobulated. So <laughs> he got beat again outside somehow, even though he had a guard helping him inside. <laughs> I haven't seen today. I, I know earlier in the week they weren't for sure if it wasn't. It was not looking like Smith would be able to play this week. I haven't checked today to see if that's the case, but uh, whew, it ought to be interesting. But it's hard to talk about. Like the the, the story with the Dallas Cowboys right now isn't isn't Tyrone Smith. It's not Dak Prescott. It's kind of Ezekiel Elliott because this is the genesis for the whole damn thing in the first place because Zeke's still got five more games left to, to sit for his suspension. It's the Jerry Jones uh, going to war with the NFL. That's uh, our annual big story off the field this year. And, boy, what a doozy it is. Yeah. Um, so about that, right? Like <laughs> – People are getting played by Jerry Jones right now. Yeah. It's so funny. But it's hard to even intervene and, and, and point out to him that they got played because doing so will almost make it look like you're defending Roger Goodell. And nobody wants to do that, right? <laughs> so it's like, okay, should I tell him they're getting played or not? But I'm just going to say it. You're getting played, right? Let, let, let's, let's connect these dots for a minute. Okay, yeah. you got one owner – Jerry Jones, who's been very, very open about how he's opposing uh, Roger Goodell's contract. Now, he says he's doing it on principle. He says he doesn't really want to run Goodell off. Yeah. He just wants to offer him the kind of contract that Goodell would never, ever sign, right? And really wouldn't be good for the rest of us either because he wants Goodell to sign a kind of contract that would make him a puppet, even more of a puppet than he already is. Yeah. Okay. So... That's the baseline, right? We 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 established that. That's kind of everybody agrees on it. All right. Then, so you have uh, leaks. The first leak says that there were 17 owners backing Jerry Jones in this play to uh, stop the compensation committee for uh, from finalizing this contract with Goodell. Turns out that leak was false. He got people on the phone, on a conference call, under false pretenses, 17 owners, and then when they figured out what he was talking about, all, all hell broke loose, right? Everybody's like, what are you talking about? This is not what we're supposed to be on the phone about. Yeah. And it turns out there were only three or four owners backing him, right? Yeah. But everybody still remembers that 17 number. Okay, so bookmark that. Now you get uh, the Papa John's guy to come out and criticize the league about, uh, you know, the protest. Yeah. But everybody's pretty sure <laughs> that Jerry Jones put him up to it. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. But, but again, not everybody's talking about the fact that Jerry Jones has a huge stake in Papa John's businesses. He owns what over a hundred of them or something has like a 31% stake in the company. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but some people still missing it. They just think it's the Papa John's guy. 
right? It it, it was kind of curious that this week that Papa John's guy came out and half-assed an apology, though. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. We talked about <laughs> how he lost last week, right? The 70, <laughs> lost all seventy Nazi million dollars in the stock. pizzas. Right, you know, Nazi finest pizza. So I think an apology was in order. I still thought it was a bunch of bullshit. But, yeah. Um, but again, Jerry Jones didn't apologize for putting him up for it, right? So then... Leaks about Goodell's contract come out. Now here's where it starts getting real interesting, but because nobody likes Goodell. Yeah. Nobody likes Goodell. So anything that'll make him look bad, everybody's just kind of gonna accept it on his face. Yeah. So you get uh these ridiculous demands that he supposedly made. Uh healthcare for a lifetime, uh 50 million in a in a in a private jet. Right? Now, in particular. The stuff about the lifetime health care is very incendiary, incendiary. Why? Because all the players want lifetime medical. Yeah. Insurance. And so it's it's almost like, almost like this leak was tailored to generate the most uh, belligerent response. They wanted people to be pissed off that who, whoever leaked it they wanted people to be pissed off that Goodell was asking for this. Yeah. Now, now let's go back. And, now, who doesn't want Goodell to get this contract? Jerry Jones. <laughs> now, who might be leaking this stuff about his contract? Yeah. Hmm. Well, we got another clue today because uh, there was a letter the NFL owners sent to Jerry, Goodell, to Jerry Jones basically telling him to knock it off, cut the shit. You're being detrimental to the NFL. You're threatening to sue, yada, yada, yada. Well, there's a section in there, and, and I haven't seen the whole letter. I don't know if anybody has posted it yet, the full letter. Most of the things that I've looked up have just excerpted yeah. from the letter. But there's this one section that says if if Jerry Jones uh, wants to be open about the process, why is he spreading around some old information, mm-hmm. stuff that isn't even current? Uh, as far as the no- negotiations have gone. Hmm. I wonder what that could have been. <laughs> what could he have released that was outdated and had something to do with negotiations? Hmm. I'm not saying that he leaked the contract demands. I'm just saying I know that one plus one equals two. <laughs> and I would hope anybody listening to this podcast can do the same. Right? And then all of a sudden, here comes another leak that Jerry Jones has half the league on his side. But curiously, none of this half the league ever speaks how. It's kind of like that 17 uh, owners backing him leak from before. Yeah. That was bull- Right? Now, I'm not saying this bullshit. I'm not saying Jerry Jones doing the leaking. Again, I just like math. I like two plus two equals <laughs> four. They got this new math these days. I don't really like I like the old school math. You just learn your math facts. Two plus two equals four. <laughs> So I'm just saying, look, if there's a lot of y'all out there that were probably outraged about Goodell's contract demands. Well, let's think about it. Goodell can't respond to that, first of all. It, I'm sure that the, the, the compensation committee would not uh, 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 appreciate if he came out and made any comp- comments, yay or nay, about those demands, supposed demands, right? So you know here's a guy that can't defend himself. You can basically say he asked for the moon. But bigger than that, it's a fucking negotiation. 
Yeah. You're supposed to ask for the moon. Yeah. Then they lowball you. Then you meet somewhere in the middle. This is why a lot of y'all ain't getting paid what you're supposed to get paid at your job. Because you're scared to ask for the moon knowing they're going to lowball you in the first place. Right? Yeah. But but if he asks for all of this shit, good for him. Good for him. He ain't going to get it. They've already made it clear that he's not going to get that. But of course, if it's a negotiation, you ask for unrealistic shit. That's the whole point. You want to move the discussion in your direction, not theirs. I mean, they're going to pay you a dollar. You don't say, well, I'll take a dollar fifty. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, some of y'all might. But I ain't, I'm asking for $10. At least. I mean, come on. We'll meet at five. We ain't going to meet at a dollar twenty-five. Fuck that. So even if he answers this stuff, good for him. But the point is, it's only being leaked to piss you off. Yeah. It's only being leaked to 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 distract you from the fact that all of this is because somebody finally told Jerry Jones no. Yeah. Somebody told him, no, you don't want your running back suspended. Well, we're going to suspend him anyway. And let's be clear. I don't back the deal on that. Right? It's some really fucked up shit that went on with the process of that. Whether you believe uh, the accuser or you believe Ezekiel Elliott, from everything we know, the process was not a fair one. No. Because the lead investigator was not even involved at the end with the decision making. Yeah. So, again, this this is the problem for Goodell. He don't have any defenders. He doesn't have anybody that likes him. So there's very few people that's going to stand up and be like, hey, man, this is some bullshit. Jerry Jones is, is, is basically playing y'all. Yeah. But I'm going to say not because I'm a good Roger Goodell fan, because I fucking hate Jerry Jones at the moment. I, yeah. I really can't stand that guy. Yeah. Right? He, he's just throwing a temper tantrum right now. Same with the lawsuit. We talked about that. What are you going to sue for, Jerry Jones? Yeah. What, what do you possibly win if you sue the other owners? Yeah. And where's all these other owners that back you? Why won't they come out? You don't seem to have a problem with put your, putting your name on it. Let everybody else put their name on it, too. If it's that much friction, I'm pretty sure... The 15 owners that are in favor of allowing the compensation committee to finish their negotiations with Roger Goodell will look and say, hey, we got 16 other owners that disagree with us. Maybe we should stop and, and slow this thing down. But that doesn't seem to be what's happening. And it isn't what should happen because I'm telling you, sometimes it's true. Go with the fucking devil you know. Yeah. If Jerry Jones, because he's throwing a temper tantrum, because he thought Ezekiel Elliott wasn't going to be suspended, and he feels embarrassed because he told everybody as such, and he was wrong. Yeah. If he is able to, on a whim, force Goodell out for that, the next guy in is going to see that and say, well, guess who I can't piss off? Yeah. And, and especially if, because again, if you force Goodell out, now whoever comes in is going to have to take whatever kind of contract that uh, 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 Jerry Jones wants him to have. Yeah. And so now this is a guy who's every time there's a decision that comes up, he's going to have to decide whether he wants his job or whether he wants to do somewhat the right thing. Yeah. I keep coming back to this. If Roger Goodell had the kind of contract right now that Jerry Jones wants him to have, ain't a doubt in my mind, Roger Goodell would have made a rule, just made it up out of fucking thin air against kneeling for the, for the uh, anthem. Mm-hmm. He would have done it. Because if he didn't do it, he would have lost his fucking 
job. Yeah. That is what Jerry Jones wants. He wants a commissioner that's going to do what the fuck he says. And when he says jump, the commissioner says how high. Yeah. If you really want that kind of commissioner, then you'll back Jerry Jones on this bullshit. If not, if you can see how fucked up that will be for everyone, you won't support Goodell. You just won't be with the bullshit. Yeah. I know ain't nobody going to fly a Goodell flag or, you know, you're not going to have the Facebook groups. We won't, <laughs> we won't watch Goodell. We I back stand with Goodell. Roger. He ain't going to be a hash, hashtag on Twitter. <laughs> That's fine. But don't, don't back this motherfucker either. Don't back Jerry Jones, who's trying to pull some bullshit on you, either. Know that you're getting played. Yeah. Ask yourself, why am I hearing about this? Why am I hearing about these outlandish demands now? Yeah. He done had this fucking country for a while. We know he got paid like a motherfucker. Yeah. In this last contract, right? But we ain't never heard details of his contract till now. We ain't never heard anything about his contract demands till now. Supposedly they were written down, but guess what? They still haven't been released. Yeah. And again, go back and look at that letter from the other NFL owners to Roger Goodell telling them to cut the shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's right in there. You're passing around outdated information. Yeah. So you're getting played, man. I'm just trying to keep y'all from getting played. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to chill at Goodell. I think Goodell has done. The, the problem is, it's kind of like, well, I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to make this political. But <laughs> it's one of those things where if they wanted to fire Goodell for the right reasons, I'd have been leading the fucking march. I'd have been out there with my, you know, pitchforks and, and, and torches and shit. Not a tiki torch, though. I ain't with that. No. But I'd have been, you know, leading the charge. But this ain't that. They're not trying to get him out of there because he's been unfair to the players. They, they, they are not trying to get him out of there you know, because he, 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 for instance, with the, 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 the Tom Brady thing, totally fucked that process up too. Yeah. The domestic violence stuff, totally fucked up that too. Yep. But that ain't, this ain't that. This is Jerry Jones throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah. It was predictable. I predicted he would try to get Goodell out of there within a year. Yeah. I didn't really think he would be as successful as he's been PR wise. Doesn't seem like he's swinging any owners. Again, if he was, there's plenty of other owners that are very outspoken too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they would come out and say, I'm with I'm with Jerry Jones. We need to cut this out. Yeah. We need to yeah, start over. But I don't see it. All I see are leaks. And all the leaks seem to be very beneficial to one person. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. So do you really want to back <laughs> that guy? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> do you really want to be on his side right now? The guy to say, you know, who agreed with Trump and got with Trump to compromise on, on an anthem protest. And then after that, was still mad. Thought it was over with. They got to make them stand. Yeah. Back, that, that's really who you want to be in in this fight? That's who you want to back? I'm just asking. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's and like, so it's Jerry's turn to fire back. And you know something's coming. I mean, he, he he's not giving this up. I mean, there's just no way he's just going to get that letter that he got this week from the owners and be like, Mom, you're right, I'm, I'm going to back down. Good point, good point. I mean, he's going to do something else, and we'll see what it is. But it's going to be, uh, I, uh, I, I can't imagine he's just going to back off from this fight and let it go. You know what I mean? Okay, so here's what I think is next, actually. It seems like it's already started. 
like he mentioned something about I think it was Jerry Jones himself or somebody else mentioned something about well maybe we will put the contract on hold for now uh-huh. until all of the owners have to approve it yeah then curiously enough I saw a couple journalists kind of say the same thing maybe they all came to that independently I'm not saying I'm not casting aspersions. I just, <laughs> just thought it was very curious that there were some some NFL writers also advocating tabling uh, the discussions for now. And I'm just wondering how in the fuck does it get, does this get better with time? Yeah. H- how how does giving Jerry Jones more time to undermine the compensation committee and to leak <clears throat> other stuff? to make people against, you know, the public at large against Roger Goodell getting his contract, how does that make sense to anybody? Mm-hmm. How, how would that possibly even fucking work? Are you going to tell Jerry Jones he can't talk about it anymore? Yeah, right. I'd I love to see that. I'd love to see the person bring, well, if we table this, Jerry, you can't say nothing else. I'm sure that will go over with <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just, it's just curious that anybody would be advocating that when obviously... The longer this is going on, the more destructive Jerry Jones is being. The most, he's trying to sue the league, his fellow owner, and nobody <laughs> yeah. knows for what. I asked on Twitter because I'm not a, a lawyer, a law guy. I asked on Twitter, you know, what what kind of damages could he possibly sue for to get the kind of relief he's looking for to get them to, you know, either fire Goodell or redo the contract. Mm-hmm. And basically, most people were even the people that responded. It, it, their response boiled down to, "I really don't know." And maybe this, maybe that, but it's kind of far fetched. I don't know. That that's the gist of my responses from the people who would know. So I'm just I, this. This is all absurd. The longer it drags on, and it's already going to have to drag on because this contract really isn't up. I think until next year, the middle of next year or something. Mm-hmm. So. The long, but the longer this draws on, the worse it's going to get. Jerry Jones isn't going to shut up. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Arthur Blank isn't just going to take it either. Mm-hmm. We already seen him you know, shooting a shot back with, with the uh, his own legal letter telling him to knock it off. Yeah. And, and all the while, it, it's like this is all happening in front of everybody. And so this can't be good for the league at large. It really can't. The more you're trying to make people pick sides – when really all you want them to be doing is, is watching football, the more you're going to lose. Especially when you got two people that nobody wants to pick their side anyway. Ain't nobody lining up behind uh, uh, Roger Goodell. Ain't nobody lining up behind <laughs> Jerry Jones either. No. Not at this point. <laughs> you got two almost irredeemable people and you're asking folks to pick sides. <laughs> this is just absurd. So if anything, they need to get it over with. Just pull the Band-Aid off. Approve the contract, get it done, bam. Yeah. You've already been empowered to do that. It's already been a vote. All 32 owners already voted on this. Yeah. About giving the compensation committee that uh, 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 power in the first place. Yeah. So why do you need to revisit that now? Why? When it's pretty clear there's only really one guy that's spreading misinformation about the process. Yeah. So it, it just, it, it would, there's no doubt in my mind that if that happens, Jerry Jones won. Yep. Period point blank. If they decide to table this to a different time, Goodell is good as gone. He's toast. Yeah. Because it ain't gonna get any better. 
<laughs> it's going to be something to see. I'm telling you what, it's going to drag on for a while and uh, we'll have plenty to plenty more to talk about. So it's a, uh, it's the, it's the NFL's off field Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Normally this is drama. We expect in the off season, not really <laughs> during the season like this. <laughs> Oh man, it's just something else. We, I, I'm telling you what, man, it's it's wild. But um, but uh, anyway, Stephen, uh, we we both got to get on our private jets and and jet off this podcast for now. Yeah, go see my doctor with my lifelong insurance. <laughs> I gotta figure you out know. what I'm gonna do with this 50 million I made this year. <laughs> right, <No> exactly. <laughs> Bruce some Brewster's million shit. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, man. We uh, we'll watch the games this week, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk again about the results real soon. Can't wait.